Hello and welcome to the Fire Podcast. I'm Ryan Rhodes. On today's episode, the worst night of his life became a marking prophetic moment. Lessons learned from sitting under Dr. Randy Clark. And what does the church need to do to reach Gen Z and beyond? Justin Allen is a powerful prophetic voice to our generation, the co-founder of Dive Collective, a social media influencer, and a sneakerhead. After having served three years as a Global Awakening Associate Evangelist, Justin and his family have moved to Knoxville, Tennessee to continue their global ministry. This is the second part of our conversation with Justin Allen. If you missed the first part, you'll want to stop here, jump back to episode 22, that is part one, and uh, you won't want to miss that. We cover the how Justin and I met through a powerful prophetic word, how uh, Dive Collective got started, and many other things. You'll really enjoy that, and we're going to pick up from the end of that conversation, that half of the conversation, into what he learned under Dr. Randy Clark, and it gives us insight that most people wouldn't have unless you actually traveled with Randy and got to know him on a personal level. Also, if this ministry, FIRE, the FIRE podcast, FIRE movement, uh, if this has impacted you in any way and you'd like to support it, um, you can do so by going to firemovement.com slash support. And there you can give. You can give uh, a one-time gift or you can give monthly, uh, however you see fit. We appreciate all of that. It really does um, It really does help us expand what we're doing, reach more people, uh, which is what this is all about ultimately is stirring up hunger for the real Jesus. And there's starving people who are hungry for Jesus who don't know where to go. And... Uh, you know, it's it's by your help, both with your support, but also sharing this, that this gets into their hands. So please share this on social media, share it with your friends, um, like, subscribe, all those fun things. Help help get this in front of the right people so we can impact the world. And now we are going to start our interview after a quick sponsor segment. Religion loves Jesus the teacher is even okay with Jesus the prophet. Religion is not okay with Jesus the breaker of bondage, the transformer of hearts, the savior of nations. Because the real Jesus is the anointed one. He doesn't just have good teachings. He is the the breaker of bondage. He will transform you. You gotta go after knowing him more. He's worth it. He's worth worth your time. He's worth your life. And there's there's nothing, this, this city, this nation, the nations of the world, are not going to be transformed by a satisfied people. They're going to be transformed by lovesick warriors. Because if he's for us, who can be against us? If the king of the universe and all of his goodness, all of his backing, if all of heaven is for you, is standing behind you, supporting you, how, how could anything succeed against you? How could you fail? We could, we could change the world. That's not just a fun phrase. If you'll give your life to this thing, to the real thing, if you'll find the real Jesus, the one who burns with eyes of fire, if you'll get a real hunger in your belly and you don't let anything else stop you, and if you'll, if you'll align yourself with who you are as a son or daughter of God, there is nothing that can stop you. This is the Fire Podcast. Justin, can you can you share? Uh, is there anything you learned? I, I mean, I know you learned a lot from Dr. Randy Clark, but is there anything that like was like the thing? If you could share like the takeaway from getting time around around him, or something he said that changed your life forever, or you know, 
guided your ministry or anything like that? I was in uh, Vienna, Austria with Randy doing some a series of meetings over there. And uh, I've been in so many green rooms, so many back rooms, so many conversations like that I prayed to be a fly on the wall. I mean, I've, I've really been blessed. If I, if I die today, I've lived a life that was just absolutely filled. Or if I do an, never do another thing, I'm still, I, I did okay. But I'm sitting there and uh, somebody asked him, they said, it was talking about Toronto in 94, which is, you know, the Toronto blessing was a massive move of God that Randy was ministering at when everything blew up. And, and it went on to be the longest set of protracted meetings in the course of human history. Actually, to this day, there's never been a, a longer set of protracted meetings. It was all revival and the joy of the Lord. And, and someone asked Randy, they said, uh, when did you know? Because it went on for like, I don't know, eight, 10 years, something like that. Long time. And they're like, at what point did you know revival was there? You know, like revival was upon you. And he's like, you know, you got to be careful with that. And you got to be aware because you don't always realize you're in it when you're in it. And for me, that gripped my heart because he's like, we were, he's like, we were full on in revival before we realized it because they were so consumed with the, the weight of it and the momentum of it. They're just trying to keep up with what the Lord is doing. And, and he had eventually gotten around to being like, you know, like almost wish that I had had more cognizance in that moment to recognize that these were some of those moments because man, we talk about it. We talk about the fear of the Lord, but like I've been in a handful of those meetings and like, that's why I do what I do. Cause I want like, if that has the chance of happening again, I want to be there. But to watch people like Randy get that look in their eye, like they saw the glory of the Lord mm. or Heidi or Bill or whoever was there just to share that. You're like, you can see that it still has an impact. And he's a result today. I think he's 68 maybe now um, of, of what God did, did then in 1994 he still gets up every day and lives his life the way he did because of that, because of pursuing and stewarding what God did in his life. And But he just said, you got to be careful because you don't always wreck it. It's not always like you think. You know, history is really kind when it records things as well. He said there were a lot of messes in that too. Uh, you know, he would even talk about a season where he was in inner healing during the days, preaching at nights. And there was just a lot of stuff because there's warfare. Again, the warfare that's coming against the generals of God, you guys like pray for your leaders because that stuff's crazy. So, you know, that we can keep our eyes focused on the prize. But that to me was really profound and had me kind of recalibrate where I sit because, you know, I've been in hundreds and hundreds of meetings and 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 two, like I would go to places when I was traveling in circuits very heavily before COVID hit and I would go and I would have a meeting that was good and it was okay. And people would come up and be like, that was the, that was the best thing that I've ever experienced in my life. I'd be like, oh man, that was not uh, like, I didn't even know if God was in the room, you know? And it, it's not to sound arrogant. It's just like my, my norm had is not the norm of everybody. And it's not about me. It's about familiarity with the Lord and his ways. And I started to get really intentional about, okay, spaces that the Lord is moving and how do I identify, oh, this is that, you know, like what's the, what's the wind of God? You know, how can we catch it? Oh, that's that old familiar feeling. It, mm. it may be not the same package, but that's him. He's here. And, uh, to hear Randy say that was, that marked me. Like that's one of those I go back to on the regular basis and, and just to enjoy the stuff while you're in it. And then, 
um, and while keeping an expectation for, you know, what he's done is not all he's going to yeah. do as well. There is more, as Randy would say. Hmm. Yeah. Randy, when I think of him, I, I think of humility. Because I think that actually the when we were in Lexington, the message he gave that that evening or whatever that was, um, was about. He, he shared the story leading up to Toronto, where he was at, how he went there. He was terrified, like didn't think anything was going to happen. He was surprised mm-hmm. that anything that God showed up at all. Shocked. Like, yeah. <laughs> and like just hearing him share all that is just because I think yeah. sometimes we hear these stories and we think it's almost like a Dragon Ball Z, like you know, you're, you're, <laughs> you're charging up, you know, the, all this yeah. power and you just like feel like this powerful thing's about to happen. And, and I mean, like any, <laughs> anyone who's ministered knows, like some of the most powerful moments are the moments when you, you felt like nothing was happening at all or like, or like nothing was going to happen. And then it comes like, Woo. then that, that moment happens. And it's like, what just, where'd that come from? You know, because it wasn't oh, something man. you could work up. It was like, you weren't even fully in it. And then God's like, I'm coming anyways. Oh. Oh man, he is he is the most humble person on the planet. I I will say Randy Clark is one of the best men I've ever known and I like my time spent with him is one of the greatest honors of my life and you know, it, I don't know how that worked out or why the Lord saw fit, but I'm so thankful that he did. And I could say a lot of people have, you know, negative stories and what I don't have anything bad to say about that man. He is he is the real deal and I think that's it. One of the reasons he's been able to steward from 94 to 2021 and beyond is because of the posture of humility. It has never gone to his head. The man is one of the leading apostles in the earth right now, and he's not aware of it. I remember uh, <laughs> one night in that, in that same, in the same meetings in, in Vienna, like we had some amazing things. And sometimes people think that like, it's just very glorious to be like on the road doing this and, and like, Oh, you know, these people never have a bad night or whatever. And it's just like, some there was a miscommunication one of the meetings we showed up and it was like oh boy this is not gonna be good you know and i remember randy being in the back like just like wrestling with the lord i hope he doesn't mind me sharing this but he won't hear about it so are you saying right you're saying randy clark doesn't listen to my podcast (laughs) well i'm just saying like don't let him hear that i'm telling this story but he was he was just wrestling with with some things and 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 it was just it was a very vulnerable moment which i've I've had the opportunity to be with Mm. And I just, I was like, you're freaking Randy Clark, man. You know, (laughs) and he just laughed at me. I was like, no, I was like, it's going to be okay. (laughs) But it was, but like humanity, like inspires people. Like your, your failures, your frailty is going to inspire way more people than your success story because more people can relate. Mm -hmm. And I, I just, I remember like those, that's a very real thing. And, and just watching the raw power of God, we, so many times, one of my favorite things when I was traveling with Randy was to watch a traditional Pentecostal or charismatic person who was familiar or so they thought with the power of God. And they would be like fake manifesting and then the raw glory of the Lord would jump on them. You would see terror in their face. And I knew it was coming just because I'd win with Randy for so long. And you'd be like, oh, no, it's real, y'all. <laughs> and watch somebody go down for hours under the power of the Lord. We were in, I think we we're in Reading in the Civic Coliseum one time. And Randy was giving an illustration and he lifted his hand and he pointed to the left, just like not in a moment of anything. 
in the whole section just went out under the power of God, got electrocuted, and it scared him and it scared everybody else. But it just, you think sometimes you'll, you never get familiar with it. You want to walk in the fear of the Lord. You want to know him well, but you never get so familiar that you expect it. Because um, that's the thing, like, you know, even with Samson, he got up to do what he'd always done and he did not know the Lord was not with him. You don't want to have that be your testimony, but but humility has given him the ability to st- uh, just, facilitate that and steward the glory of God all those years. But man, I got a thousand Randy stories, but yeah, I, I I think just his willingness to be like, Hey, I'm a person walking through this in my frailty and God can use little old me. That's what he'll tell you. If he can use me, he can use anybody. And he's a friend to all. Uh, He doesn't let denomination stop him. And because of that, that's his great value for education, learning. That's probably why I have it, honestly, um, is because he values people and he values the body of Christ. He's learned um, their tenets of faith, their their theological disposition and their language so that he can build bridges. Hmm. And uh, I want that to be said of me. The comment about him being one of the the greatest apostles on the planet, uh, you know, one of the marks of the apostolic is being being able to lay hands on people and there's a dramatic shift in their life where they step into who they're called to be. I remember Bill talking about that Randy has this. I don't even know that he gave great language to it or like defined it. I don't I don't think that was his intention either, but Mm -hmm. basically that he's laid hands on more people than then uh, he, he doesn't know of anybody else who has laid hands on people yep. and seen their lives transformed like Randy has. And the number is, is crazy, but it's like people yeah. who get to the, either they, they did ministry for a while and they're done and then Randy mm-hmm. lays hands on them and it goes to the next level yep. or their life looks one way. He lays hands on them and they're launched like supernaturally quick into what they're called to be. Uh, and I, I've never, I mean, I haven't experienced that personally with him, but that's amazing. It It is it is real. It is so legit. Um, and, and it's because of a prophetic word that he received many, many years ago um, that, that God was going to use him mightily, lay hands on people to be activated into their gift call and anointing. Um, and it would, it would be this apostolic sending anointing. So if you take into context, Randy's humility, his backstory is it was a Southern Baptist preacher for an, and, and not very successful for many, many years. And then meets uh, John Wimber and, 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 God speaks to John very specifically. One day I'm going to use this man to basically launch the, the church into a different level. Um, and, and, and John was faithful to keep him around until the Lord did that. And it was, it was one of those things that because he believed in the prophetic word, he made space for it. It's also the number one place that we, we would get critique is through impartation, transference of the anointing through the laying on of hands has been his number one source of critique, ridicule, opposition. I mean, there's whole websites devoted um, and people groups that just absolutely hate it. Yet there is not, I don't, I, for, I do not believe there's anybody on the planet um, that has, has done more in that arena than he has, but it's out of humility and obedience. I mean, there, there were like five, five people at Toronto that through their impartations, like 20 million people came in just through five and there's no way to keep it. But like, if you trace back like hands laid on, um, all roads lead to Randy. They just, they just do. And it's not a point of pride. It's just a real thing. And I can say that that's the case for me, whether it be immediate or a process, there is something about honor and receiving and that, and it was something that actually transferred to my life too. Uh, because I wondered, I'm like, man, we're very different individuals. If you saw me and, and even people when I was traveling with them, they're like, this is different. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and so many times I've, you know, just people thought like, you know, 
ushers or or armor bearers thought I wasn't supposed to be there. I'm like, actually, I'm assigned to him, <laughs> you know. So you you don't need to shove me out. Um, but uh, but did when... you wander in from the bar? Like, <laughs> yeah, you... did I wander in from the bar? <laughs> you, you ruffian, you sketch, you sketch, sketchy looking millennial. Um, but uh, but no, and and I remember even when I when my internship was over, my time with Randy was over, and I just started. Um, as an associate for the Ministry of Global Awakening, associate evangelist or whatever, I was hosting a meeting, and I just remember, like, the first time I was going to do an impartation meeting and Randy wasn't there. I was like, oh, no, I'm terrified. You know, like, all those things. And I just remember fear, anxiety, doubt, all this stuff. Like, it's one thing when Randy's here. It's another thing when he's not. And and I just remember, Lord... the. The, the things that the Lord would say to me and the things that Randy's voice echoing in my head, you know, and, and if God can use little old me and I, and Randy just verbatim takes the same message that John Wimber preached uh, that would preach. And he preaches out of the same notes. And p- some people would disagree with that or whatever, but it's not about the message, the arrangement of the words. It's not magic. It's the power of God or it's not. And it's one thing that Randy said, I have the most faith for because I know it has nothing to do with me. Mm. So I just took all of those things that he taught me. And I, I'm telling you, I, no one is more shocked that it, that it happens in me, but you talk about raw glory and the violent, uh, demonstrative expressions of God. And, and, Again, people who think they've experienced the power of God, and then he really shows up in the room, it changes the game. And it's, it's that glory element that we're talking about. So I don't know, man. It, it's one of the things. I'm a glory guy through and through. So that's one of the things I love so much about him is like that man has walked for years in the glory of the Lord, and it's changed the world uh, because he chose to give, give it away. So good old Randy. Vince, what you got brewing? Oh man, I feel like I feel like that could be its own separate episode, man. Just <laughs> just talking about stuff like that. Um, yeah, I, I'm honestly still on the the Vienna the Vienna trip. Yeah, like I'm still on that, <laughs> dude. Um, yeah. that that strikes me like deeply. Yeah, yeah. Well. I'll, I'll go into detail with this. So we were supposed to go just because it's fine. Um, we were supposed to go into these meetings and it was supposed to be a way and it wasn't a way. And there was a, something got lost in translation uh, with boots on the ground. And it just wasn't a lot of people there um, just to be honest with you. And when you're used to being in large settings um, and then you even structure meetings a certain way, for, for instance, with healing, uh, the way that the meetings are structured is to minister to masses. So when you break that down, into a smaller setting, it's very um, challenging. And then, too, like there's a psychological element of it, too, that, that is just very different for a, a minister or a communicator of any sort. So let's say you're, you're expecting a 1,000 people and there's 120 people there. That would be a shocker, yeah. right? Um, and just let's say, hypothetically, it was exactly like that. And we go in and we were going to do a healing meeting and, and it just wasn't that way. And it was discouraging. And it was at the end of, we'd been traveling y'all. Like we would, these trips, I can't even, that man is an animal, like a machine. He just, he just goes and goes and goes like the energizer bunny and just doesn't stop. But we hit this and, and that was the thing. And, and, and we, we prayed together. That was one of the things just like, let's pray. You know, I was like, you're, you're Randy freaking Clark. Let's pray. You know? And then he's like, I think I'm supposed to go for salvation. And 
it was the most phenomenal thing because in that I think in a room of just north of a hundred people, I think like 45 people gave their lives to Jesus in that room. Wow. Which is like not normative because the things that we go over healing yeah. and, and, and impartation, it's not the revival meetings. Most of the people are generally saved. It's not that we don't go for it, but I mean, percentage wise in that room, it was like the providence of the Lord. And it could have been a moment where we're like, Oh, I'm going to give in to doubt and security, unbelief, whatever. And you know, I, I may be butchering the story, it was, I still have the photos. I have all the photos of everything. And I remember, I'm like, where are all these people coming from? You know, like all these people. And we're not talking about like rededications or like if you backslidden or, you know, like evangelistically speaking, yeah. right? We're talking about like real deal. These people got born again, you know, and I was shocked. And then he was shocked too. But then to see when, when Randy ministers, the, he, he's like a kid in a candy store. It's like the joy of the Lord jumps on this man. And I never wanted to be different than yeah. that. It was just so pure, you know, and just watching that moment and those moments to speak louder than me. Like I've been in the big, big places with the big names and faces and that's cool, you know, but I think of little rooms and I think of, you know, just, just real, real life and, and a real person who really loves Jesus and has paid real price. Yeah you know, to see what he's seen. Yeah. That's one of those stories, man. Thanks for sharing that. Um, yeah, absolutely. Hope I don't get in trouble. <laughs> I won't. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, I think that'll speak to whoever's listening. Um, definitely. I think that's one of those stories that'll like forever be stored in my memory. Just honestly. Yeah. Um, it's good because I think about, I think about just being present a lot. Um, mm-hmm. especially like I have a two year, almost a two year old now, right? Like, Mm. Just be, she like teaches me and forces me to be present. Yeah. My wife forces me to be present. <laughs> yeah. But glory is her name. Oh, and wow. So, like I'm like learning how to be present in glory. Oh, not my just, God. That's a word right yeah, there, not bro. Just with, Shaka Baba. <laughs> <laughs> not just with, uh, you know, the Lord, like obviously with the Lord, but like yeah. even when I'm, you know, like you alluded to earlier, just like taking her to go get ice cream and stuff like. Mm-hmm. And just those moments where it's just me, her, and the glory of the Lord right there. Yeah. And just being present there. That's right. Um, yeah. Man, that's a word. I mean, that's a that's a whole message and a series. Glory forces you to be present. My God, man. Yeah. You can't say stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> you me? Uh, yeah, man. That's but so like, good. Like, I think about, because, like, you know, I think we're all familiar with revival history. Right. Like we've all studied it. We've all been ingrained in it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I've been to Global Awakening events down in Springfield, Missouri, where uh, Randy would travel to yeah. uh, Dayspring down there. And, yeah. um, you know, you mentioned like the Energizer Bunny kind of comes out of him. Right. Like and I'm like watching mm-hmm. this dude like pray for like literally all of Springfield. Springfield's a town of like 175,000 people. And you got like 5,000, 6,000 people coming in to this small auditorium. And like Randy's like sitting there, like, or like standing there like all day, like standing, not just sitting, like standing all day, just laying Mm -hmm. hands on all these people. And like hearing the context now, I'm like, dude, that's, it's literally like, he just cherishes that moment. Like, it's yeah. got to be that. Like, he cherishes the moment where God's in the room with him. Um, he, it, it, it's it profoundly marking to me, and even to this day, and it's why it's so important that 
your your mentors, your your fathers, your mothers, like you let God choose them. Uh, because prior to that season of my life, there was a lot of rejection, a lot of just not. There was a, a void of, of, of direct leadership and mentorship in my life. It's not that I didn't have people intermittently, but I didn't have it. And I'm convinced now it's that the Lord was, was reserving uh, a, cho- a, a chosen vessel uh, for me to experience that with. And even to this day, I just, the oh, countless hours. I mean, I don't think people understand. You say you want to pray for the sick. Do you want to pray for thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of sick people? Do you want to hear their stories? When you when you haven't eaten and, and, and you can't remember how long you haven't eaten, when you've been on your feet, when you've been on planes, when you haven't showered, when when, when you don't feel well, yourself, do you, do you want to pray for the sick then? Because I've watched the man do it. Um, and when I ran out of energy as a 30-year-old young man at the time, watching this man who could run circles around me, having to drag him out of rooms at midnight every single night because he so loves it and he so values that, that will mark you forever. And even to where like I would, you know, that's why prophetic is my flow and it's it's the, the vein in which I operate. So that tends to be my, my thing. So when I would be in rooms at churches and I, even to this day, many times, I will still, not all the time, but many times I'll prophesy over anybody that will stay for it. So I'll preach, you know, two services and then I'm there till three in the afternoon and people are like, why do you do this? It's like, well, Randy did it and I've watched Bill do it. And if they can do it, then I can suck it up and I can do it. This is what I asked for. This is what we signed up for. This is not just, you know, photo ops and, you know, Instagram reels and stuff like that. This is the real deal. And I don't know, it develops something in you and it's, it does something in people's hearts. Uh, when you when you see it for real, and uh, that's all I want. David Wagner is another person who's like that. If you ever get a chance to be around David Wagner, that man will prophesy and prophesy and prophesy and prophesy. I, those are my people, you know, the people that are not like I've done my yeah. thing. See you later, you know. Um, and I understand people have to do what they have to do, but but I mean, like this is what we signed up for, you know. Mm-hmm. And you haven't resisted unto bloodshed <laughs> yet, so. I feel like if all I got to do is stand up and pray for people, I'm doing all right. So, yeah, I think that's James Maloney really modeled that well. I, I don't yeah. know if you ever got time. Did you ever get to be around him? Did did he? I never got to meet him in person. I know um, one of the guys that he mentored really closely is is John Prudian. Mm-hmm. Um, is 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 a good dude. I've spent some time with him, and I know he's very close. So, that was one of the people, but I've watched the videos. I've, I've, you know, listened to so much teaching. Hmm. He's, he's creative miracles though. Yeah. I mean, he's offensively human. Uh, <laughs> offensively human. I, I could tell you some stories from the green room, uh, but yeah, it, he's the real deal, man. Uh-huh. I, I, I watched people's like faces transform. I, this one kid, he was like, he was like six feet back from him and was like, you're about to grow a foot and the kid <laughs> just went in front of everyone and it's like oh my gosh oh my gosh but his thing was like and he actually was a little a little uh frustrated with it uh but he was like i speak at these conferences and all, with all these big name people and no one wants to lay hands on the sick and like they, yeah. they want to get up from the stage say their prayer and then walk off and he's mm-hmm. like and then i'm left to pray for every single one one by one yep He's like, but yeah. that's what God's called me to do, and mm-hmm. so I just I've always really admired that anybody who would who would actually do that is it's really yeah. beautiful. I think it's it's part of it's just the stewardship of it, and too like 
healing is not my predominant gifting, but that being said, because Randy is one of my spiritual fathers and because of the, the transference of the anointing through laying on of hands, there is a deposit that's been placed in me that the the yield, like like what the Lord is going to do in that is yet to be seen. I think I think my obedience is required for that. So I will pray. Uh, I'll, I'll always pray for the sick. You know, it may not be the thing that I go for, but I, I still end up praying for the sick. You know, and it's, it's one of the things that I love is like, regardless of how you feel, regardless of if you have faith for it, regardless of if you feel led, it is a command um, to, to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And there's only one way to find out, baby. You know, just get, I have touched more, uh, you know, skin rashes and diseases and open wounds. I, I mean, when COVID came out, like a year ago, I was in, uh, actually I was in Tulsa, Oklahoma when the first COVID uh, case broke out last year. I was doing, I was at a United, First United Methodist, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Crazy, crazy place for me to get invited. And they wanted me to do like this healing thing. And it was when the first case showed up, the governor's like, we're not going to have meetings. There's like 400 and <laughs> something people there. And I'm just like laying hands on people like it's my job because it was. And uh, I was like, this, this is just, this is my life, right? Had some radical miracles break out. But anyways, <laughs> I could get on that. Well, that. I, I, actually, I actually wanted to ask you the question. Is there a, whether with Randy or something you witnessed or in, in your own ministry, somebody you've prayed for or healing yourself, but is, is there a healing or miracle that you witnessed or experienced yourself that had, changed your perspective of God or greatly impacted your life or life was different after that moment. Hmm. That's a good way to word that. I'm going to have to use that in one of my <laughs> interviews in the future. Changed my life was one way before. Um, I think that's a good question, dude. Like you got me pondering right now. I'm going to tell a story while I'm thinking of the answer. Is that okay? Go for it. So there was a, there was a creative miracle that happened in that meeting in Tulsa that I just thought of just now. And I'm telling it for a reason because I feel prompted to, and I think it might actually be for somebody that listens to this later. So there's power in the testimony if you're listening. And, you know, even the testimony means to do it again. You know, if God can do it for that individual, he can do it for you. And I was in these meetings, and I had a, a word of knowledge that I saw so I saw behind the skin on a, on a person's face and skull, I saw abnormal holes in the bones in their faces. And it's like, it, it wasn't like a deviated sept, it was something different. And it was like an issue of, it was an issue of blood and it was that, and it was tied together and stuff like that. And it was a very specific word of knowledge. Like it, it would have either not made sense or it was dead on for an individual. And this older gentleman comes and he comes up and, and he explains to me, I was like, I could see it in the, in the septum area, but it wasn't that. And like, I knew that was related to an issue of blood. And, uh, the guy begins to explain to me that every day of his life for like 30 plus years, he has this unexplained thing where he would bleed out of the holes in his face. So it was out of his ears, out of his nose, and sometimes out of his eyes. And they could not figure out the source of it, but he would bleed. And I'm like, what, like teardrops? He's like, no, like tablespoons of blood every day. So we're talking like a lot of blood and I'm squeamish just for the record. So I say this because I'm a healing evangelist. I have like, I don't do smells. Well, I don't do vomit. I, that's why I don't like deliverance ministry <laughs> and, and like all this stuff. Like I'm happy that people are getting free, but look, you know, and uh, so I just don't do that. So when he's telling me he's bleeding out of his nose and his ears and, and it was just a thing. And then, 
so in that I felt like the Lord had me like I, so like I actually grabbed like his nostrils and his ears and I commanded um, the 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 stuff that I saw that was irregular to be made right and and the blood to stop in the name of Jesus. Now there's no way for me to tell. So I, I did a series I think of three three nights or something like that three days back back to back to back and I gave him my information or the the staff there I gave him the information. Long story short, I mean like we're talking years and years and years that night it stopped and it it never started back again. So like the Lord just stopped the issue of blood in his face. It was just an obscure, weird thing. And that's one of the things I think that's profound to me, maybe that I learned early on. It's just been a minute since I have actually thought this far back, but that the specificity of the word and the obscurity of the word oftentimes is directly related to how radical of a miracle that it's going to be, hmm. right? And that it's built my faith. So honestly, I didn't have any faith for this this stuff in the beginning. I thought it was a whole bunch of BS. I didn't believe, like when I'd watch people on TV, because I was also Baptist and I was Southern Baptist. I was trained to be skeptical of this stuff. I was a cessationist and I was like, you know, like MacArthur was my hero, you know? So like, that's my background and clearly things have changed in my life since then, you know? So... So when the Lord first started speaking to me, I was like, if you give me stuff like knee pain or elbow pain, I'm not even going to listen to it. If you don't give me like three to five specific things, I'm just because if you're God, you know, be specific. So the specificity of my words is not because I had great faith. It's actually because I was very skeptical and I actually put God to the test. So when I started trying this stuff out and I'm like, holy cow, you know, like this is the real deal. So and I did that a, a thousand times on the street or in back alleys or whatever before I ever did in front of people. So then when I would get in places, people were like, you're so confident. It's like, well, that's because I have a history with the Lord, not because I'm confident in myself. I just know the way that he works. Um, so, so it's kind of like this word of knowledge, gift of faith thing for miracles. I think that changed me um, forever. I had a story, one of the first creative miracles I ever saw years ago was in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee or Sevierville, Tennessee a small church I was a, a part of at the time, just just growing in this stuff. And one night a woman that I was unfamiliar with walked into the sanctuary, um, and I'd not seen her before. And when she walked in, I had this open vision immediately. Um, and I saw, like, sonar on a submarine, like black and green, with, like, the pinging sonar where it would be ping, and then the, the rings would go out. And I saw inside of hers like I saw uh, like a PET scan or something I could see it in black and green and I could see her heart in her chest and hmm. every time it would beat it would send out a ping but it was like and it was irregular it wasn't right and I could see that and as I saw it sending out these irregular beats I saw this large hand come from heaven reach in and begin to massage her heart and when it massaged her heart it reset the heart it was like bum 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 so it's in rhythm it's out of rhythm and then it was in rhythm and it was the weirdest thing ever open vision while like it was actually church was over and people were talking it was a very small you know uh setup and i told my pastor pastor sandra i was like hey do you know this woman and i went to her and i told her and she didn't look like she had been to church much like she didn't look like she was familiar with the thing and i told her and she looked at me like she might slap me or she thought i was crazy or whatever and I was, I was like, okay, that was wrong. And I feel super stupid until that was probably Sunday. Wednesday comes around. She comes in 
And this woman is like jacked up and she's given her testimony. Apparently she had had some severe heart issues. Like her heart was failing, was going to have to have heart surgery, severe palpitations, uh, arrhythmia, this, that, and the other, which I did not know, could not have known. And she went, she was going to the doctor on Monday. And I think I'd seen her on Sunday. I think if my, my dates are right. And she was going back and, and they were going to have whatever type of procedure was going on. She's like, I want to do another stress test. And her doctor said, no, we're not going to do that. And she's like, no, I want another stress test. I, I think I'm healed. You know, like, like this word somehow created faith in this woman. And he's like, I'm not going to do it. You're going to have to pay for it. So they, they hook her up on the treadmill, do the, all the stuff, blow into the ping pong ball thing, all of this stuff. And the doctor's like, nope, this is not right. Makes her do another stress test. He's like, we got the, we're, we're going to cover these. I don't know if she did two or three, but they did an extensive series of tests. And, he's, and she goes on to testify. The doctor said, I do not know what happened to you. But it's not just like your heart got healed. It's like you have the heart of a, of a 19-year-old marathon runner. Uh, it's like you have a new heart in your body. Like, and, she's, and this woman, and she's, like, and she's like, and I don't even know what to do with that because I still smoke two packs a day. She's, te- she's testifying to this. And she had done this for years and years and years. And basically through that, I either saw it happening or that, that what I saw released it. And through that obedience, it gave her the faith to see this. And she basically got a new heart, but it was just like, man, that's a really weird thing. And that's, but like, I think if it's not weird, it might not be God, you know, like sometimes it just is like that. So my walk with the Lord, you know, and it's built up over the years to where I could stand, you know, like, uh, was in because of this. So these are the building blocks where you see like these highlight reels of like, Oh, that person did an amazing thing, but there's a thousand failures behind that. Right. Uh, we were at, at Reading uh, Civic Coliseum. It was a healing and impartation conference. A couple thousand, 2,500 people there. Lots and lots of people watching online, 100,000 or something like that. We're giving words of knowledge. Randy has everybody go up and we'd all given words of knowledge. Tons of people were getting healed. It was amazing. It was fantastic. And it was cool. And then Randy goes again. He said, if you feel like the gift of faith bubble up and the Lord has anything, um, I want you to say it. Uh, right now in this atmosphere of faith and like he hands me the microphone and I was like there's somebody uh, suffering with an issue related to a blood transfusion and 2,500 people in a room percentages just natural percentages are good not a soul bro (laughs) like crickets and I'm like sweet lord and then I heard you know like Robbie Dawkins you know turn up the risk and I was and I heard the lord say it at the same time like and I was like and you're like so nobody's responding and your blood type is O positive one woman in the in the whole arena stands up and when she stood up the the power of the lord hit her she was at the uh the section where it starts to go up in the arena seating and the power of the lord hit her and she went to double over the little arm around <laughs> i thought she's gonna fall and people went to grab her and i was like stretch your hands that way and we started praying and it was just a powerful moment but it's like how much more faith for one you know like two would have yeah. been great five would have been amazing but one i mean how much faith does that build for her? And like, I'm not even worried about whether or not she's going to get healed because the Lord's going to settle it. Right. Mm -hmm. But it just story after story. And it's, I I know that Randy's real big on keeping track of testimonies because he wants to steward them. And I get that and I value it, but the Lord has been like, you you need to forget things. Cause if I think about it too much, then I'll start to revel in my own glory and pride comes before the fall. And I don't want that. So I've asked the Lord to give me a short memory with those. So if they come back to me, it's not that I don't have them. It's just that I really, I, I, I hold those as holy unto the Lord. So like 
if I share them or when I share them, I feel prompted by the Lord. But as many times I choose not to, unless it's a private setting, um, because I think there's something about that. But, you know, those moments, it's just like they happen all of the time, actually. It's very normal or normative um, for every believer to walk in that. It's just, you know, will you be willing to risk looking stupid? Um, and I, I'm willing to, <laughs> to look stupid, you know, every once and again. But most of the time it works out OK. Awesome. Uh, I have a couple more. Well, probably one more question that will take, uh, you know, a short period of time and then a couple more that could be pretty quick. Vincent, do you, yeah. you have anything before I kind of take it that direction? Yeah. No, that's great. We can go. Cool. Yeah. Um, is there an encounter uh, outside of healing and the miraculous that really impacted you? Uh, um, I mean, obviously they all do, but is there one that's mm-hmm. like highlighted right now? Like a like a personal encounter or watching or watching another individual have an encounter. I, I would say probably a personal encounter. If there's one that you're you're open to sharing that really shaped your view of God or tr- launched you into a new season or whatever it might be, or is just two thousand? Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, in, in two thousand fourteen, uh, is I was on a on a, a global awakening trip uh, in Honduras. And uh, it's when I, the first time I, I really encountered the raw glory of the Lord. Mm. And uh, that moment sticks out to me. Again, a time where I was skeptical. I didn't know I'd experienced some of the prophetic and the supernatural, but I'd not seen the raw glory of the Lord. And, and uh, there was, uh, I was a youth pastor and I'd led a group of kids to go down there and it was our intercession night like we drew the the straws to get intercession and i was like man i don't want to do this these people are weird and they do weird stuff and (laughs) i remember just being super judgy of of the woman who was leading intercession and and thinking about all the letters i would have to write my kids parents when we got home for this cult that i brought (laughs) them to and uh and uh they came around and when uh when this woman's valora bach is is she laid hands on me um, the glory of the Lord hit me from heaven and it it threw me into this like nearly three hour encounter where I was under the 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 electricity the fire of God I got I got delivered of 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 things I didn't know that I need to be delivered from I, I shook I wept I I cried I screamed I I whoa you know like all of this stuff right um, for hours and hours and when it when the when the the power began to lift off of me um, I couldn't move. Um, and I was, I was stuck to, I was literally stuck to the floor. People were trying to pick me up and they couldn't pull me off of the floor. I was, you know, 150 pounds soaking wet at the time and, and couldn't get people to move me. And I was so inebriated when I came up, uh, that my students had to drag me to my room. Like there's pictures of me, you know, with my kids dragging <laughs> me to my room. And, and I was just utterly undone by the Lord and in the best way in the worst way it marked me to this day and I, I just look back at that and I just think of the goodness of the Lord and I've had subsequent encounters since then that was probably one of the most significant encounters of my life that's when we transitioned where we just up and moved from Tennessee to Pennsylvania to connect with Global Awakening because I was like if there's something if, if this is real I'll give my whole life just to be around it mm. and like honestly that the, the choice to shift our life was made in that moment and it wasn't to go up to 
Pennsylvania for a job or anything like that. I just went to be close to them, and who knew that that w- what unfolded would unfold, and it was just a divine moment. And uh, I, when I when I'm going through hell, and when I'm in it, in the you know, like I, I'm this is not a great season for me now. I, I meditate on if he did that, that's real. Like nobody can ever take that mm-hmm. from me, you know. So when I feel like all hell is against me or like I can't do this. I'm like, that was for something. So that moment was very special to me. That was my impartation moment. And then from that moment on, you know, you talk about going on to do things and the Lord accelerating your life that, that changed everything for me. What, what do you think the impartation there was? Was it an impartation of hunger for more of that? Or was it the courage to actually up and move to do that? Is it something else? That's a good question. Um, I think, I think that it was an impartation for partnering with heaven. So I wouldn't say that I had much angelic um, alignment or, or, or being able to work with the angelic before that. After that, like I literally went home and I preached like I had always preached. And that's, you know, you'd, you'd ask earlier events, like, when did that happen? It actually really started happening after that. I'd had it in small doses, but I remember I stood up to preach and I was rough around the edges then. Um, I mean, I was a kind of a hard nosed guy, like a repent, get right or get left. Right. And I was preaching a really hard message. And uh, and our church was not a church where laughter had ever taken place. But as I was preaching very hard, very intense three or four women fell out of their chairs and started rolling on on the ground in drunken glory. And as that happened, the, the fear of the Lord began to move in the room. It got really undignified really quick. And I didn't know what to do and released my students to minister. And it was a, a hot mess in the best possible way. Um, but from that moment on, people people began to, I don't, I don't think I've probably been in a meeting where people haven't told me that when you said this angels walked in the room and there's a, is an angel of fire. Hmm. Um, and then there's another angel with a sword that, that are often with me wherever I go once for impartation. And then one is for, um, it's for actually commissioning uh, people to go into the ministry. So a lot of people give their lives to the, the call of God, uh, full-time ministry uh, is a kind of a marker that I don't always track, but it's very consistent. Like when people hear me, uh, preach from then on. It's not just me. It's, it's, it's the Lord on me, but like, they're like, I've never seen conviction on a person like that. And they like literally people that just get saved, like, I'm going to do this. Um, and without even being, I don't even introduce the idea. They just voluntarily do it. So I think that might, might be one of the things or a couple of the things there. Yeah. Um, that's beautiful. It is Valora. Is that Valora like bokey and sunburn yeah yeah she they're they're not she's not with them anymore but she was with them for a long time yeah yeah valora bach yeah valora messed my life up in the best way i love her so much yeah when i was around them like i i was only there for that one weekend but i didn't get to really meet her or anything and jasmine was like you need to you need to get prayer from her if you can and then she was just gone like i couldn't find her so i'm like dang it (laughs) buy it buy a plane ticket to harrisburg right now uh, I mean, count the cost before you do it. But I was just up in at Global School a few weeks ago, and she was there. I didn't know she was going to be there. And man, she, uh, she's been she's been at like every pivotal moment in my life since then. It's been really weird. What not on purpose? It just like she happens to be there, 
and she's a she's a man she's a gift yeah she really is well i've got a couple short answer things and vince if you've got any you want to add to this um then you can go for it too uh what is there like a book that i mean obviously other than the bible is there a book that's really impacted your life or you would recommend yeah, I was going to be sarcastic. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> the secret? <laughs> no, I was going to say Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Uh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. It just it just was the first thing. that I actually haven't read that book, but I was like, let's irritate some religious devils. Um, a book that's changed my life. Uh, I'm so sorry, but I'm not. Um, one of the best books I've, I've ever read would uh, on the prophetic would be purifying the prophetic by R. Mm. Lauren Sanford, I think is a must read for any prophetic person. Then there's a book called the roar uh, by Bob Hazlett, which is fantastic. Um, there is, I, I, I'm a reader, man, and I'm a student of revival history. You should read everything that Watchman Nee wrote. <laughs> you should do that. I, I'm a huge A.W. Tozer fan. Like I know it's hard to quantify it into one book. Um, I can't put it in one book. <laughs> I mean, I just A.W. Tozer, E.M. Bounds, um, Ravenhill, uh, just going through, uh, uh, yeah, all of those. I just used to read only people that had died uh, for a season there. Mm-hmm. It was just something about those guys that had gone on before and those ladies as well. Catherine Kuhlman, obviously. Um, what's uh There's some, even some of Bonhoeffer's stuff I, I really like. There's just a lot of, people um that really impacted me a lot but yeah prophetic wise yeah our lauren sanford is probably one of them is there anybody that you like is a go-to that if you need stirred up that you go in you go find a message by them Hmm. i'll tell you what like it changes over time right now um sean smith man Hmm. he is a i love sean and there's something on him right now that's different it's not that he's not always been there but uh, there's a fresh something on his life that that I just dig right now. So yeah, probably Sean. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, what about is there like a worship song that every time you hear it just takes you somewhere? There's a track on the Maverick City album that it's uh, I think it's the Remember outro. It's like a really it's not even like yeah, you know yeah, what I'm talking yeah. about, Vince. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's the remember outro. Yes. So if you go to the hold it all together album, like Mav city upper room and you just go listen to, uh, the outro, it'll change your whole entire life. It's Dante. And then it is, uh, Eniola, Eniola, um, Aboye. Holy ghost, man. Um, <laughs> no joke. Like if I play that, I will just weep because it's just, I have this thing for moments being caught, yeah. right? Like, and it's just the app, like the, the residue that was in the room is on that. Like it got on the track and it'll run through Spotify mm-hmm. and it's just the most beautiful display of raw intercessory worship that I have heard in a long time. And I've heard stuff, but like right now that's my jam. I don't need lyrics or anything like that. Just her weeping before Jesus messes me up. I just put mm-hmm. it on loop and play it almost every day right now. Wow. Yeah. Vince, do you have any that you want to ask? It's okay if you don't. I put you on the spot. <laughs> no, man, I'm just sitting in this. 
<laughs> this is the problem. Vince just he asks really good questions on the front end and then gets drunk on the back end and then Woo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, uh oh, Justin, I want to give you a chance. Uh, there's two final things. I want to ask you like our final question. Uh, yeah. but I also wait, want wait, to wait, give wait, you a chance. Sorry, sorry, you... one second. Before you do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh it was really peculiar, man. Uh so as you're thinking about what Ryan's about to ask you, I just, this is like, <laughs> sorry, it's, it's circling around right now. But um, before Ryan got here, it, we're at my place right now, and we live on the fourth floor. Uh-huh. And dude, the, the door opened three times just mm-hmm. by wind, just like huge gusts yeah. of wind. Wow. Yeah, and I felt like sharing that because I feel like uh-huh. what you're about to say is very timely for the wind of God. Yeah, on this moment, as people are listening to this, come on. So go ahead, Ryan. Mm. Come on. Yeah. So I I'm gonna ask you a question, and then after that, I'm gonna give you a chance uh, to just pray and release. Uh, you can release whatever you want. But first, uh, and I didn't I didn't set you up for this. So uh, unless you've listened to one of the other podcasts, you may not know. That, that this is coming uh but i purposely did this to you i've, I've told every other guest uh but, <laughs> but i wanted to try this out on somebody and so i figured i could do it with you uh if if all of humanity the uh, if all of humanity was listening right now and you could share like just share from your heart for like you know a few minutes whatever however much time you need if all of humanity was listening to what you have to say in this moment can you just speak directly to them and just whatever's in you. Yeah. So, so first I would say that just speak directly to them. Like if, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, so Jesus is real. Jesus is alive. He's not coming soon. He's here. He's upon us. And the hour of visitation is actually coming near your dwelling. And some of you are listening right now. Some of you um, are going to be in your car. You're going to be in your house. You're going to be in your bedroom. And I'm just declaring that there is an hour of visitation upon you. That's not just angelic visitation, but Jesus himself is going to sneak up and get in your space. And some of you have even wondered, you've heard of the, the, the good news of the gospel. You've sat in church. You've wrestled with this reality and said, I don't know him. I don't know. I don't know that I've ever actually heard of this Jesus that people speak of. And I'm telling you that I'm telling you that I'm telling you, which means I'm prophesying that Jesus is about to open doors in your life that no man can shut. And he's about to shut doors that no man can open. I'm declaring the hour of visitation is upon you. And I even feel the fire of God even in my chest right now. Lord, and I just thank you right now as a sign and a wonder that the fire of God is being released through, uh, through the air waves and even through this digital format and I just declare the the Holy Ghost fire beginning to baptize people where they are right now in the name of Jesus Lord I thank you for eyes to see and ears to hear what the spirit is saying to the church we just declare even that there's like a, a spirit of deliverance where that heavy oppressive thing that has been against you that has been upon you that that the Lord is actually breaking 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 a yoke and a burden of heaviness that has tried to crush you that has tried to hold you back that has literally tried to kill you. They've had Some of you have had assignments of death on you and over you. And right now, by the spirit of the living God, that's breaking. And I'm telling you, 
that you know, there's a scripture that says, I would have lost heart had I not believed that I would see the goodness of God in the land of the living. And this is the hour where you will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. I'm telling you as one who has seen him, who knows him, who's experiencing him, experiencing him right now, that he's real and he's coming to visit you in this hour. You don't need another person to tell you that. He's going to tell you himself. So we say, Holy Spirit, move and do what you want to do in and through these lives right now in the name of Jesus. Yeah, he's coming. He's coming. He's coming. I'm telling you, some of you are going to have encounters. This is going to open up realms that you've not yet tapped into before. And I'm telling you, uh, God is going to fix things. I just see him being even uh, present in your life as the fixer. And you're like, this is so broken. This is so messed up. This is so undone. And I just see the Lord fixing, fixing, fixing. He's mending things that you thought could not be mended. He's restoring things that you thought could not be restored. Uh, That this is the finest hour in human history that you're going to see, your eyes will see the glory of the Lord. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Boy. You can get me all stirred up on here. Yeah. You got anything, any words or anything hmm. you want to give outside of that? Yeah, yeah. There's somebody with an auditory nerve issue uh, that I feel like it's getting fixed and and there's something it's been a persisting issue that's been years and years and years it's something to do with the the auditory nerve uh that the lord is is doing a a work of of uh of yeah it's just like yeah it's it's like tissue and electrical signals and stuff like that that the lord is is fixing is fixing there's another thing with it's actually a nerve in the eye that i don't fully understand has something to do with it's either tracking problems or in its focus it's like focus and tracking right now i believe that there is a grace being released for the tracking and the focus in the eye to be restored it's the i think it's the right eye we thank you lord for what you're doing but there's it's something about this, this central nervous system it's nerves and the nervous system that's being restored i bless your central nervous system right now and and there's a there's a few people that are listening uh, that are dealing with um, those type of issues because of PTSD. And I see the, 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 the peace of the Lord, the shalom of God, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. And I just like break the assignment of PTSD in the spiritual and in the natural over your physical body, over your spirit, body, and soul. I just declare a breaking forth and a breaking through that the assignment of PTSD that has come against you and your peace and your household and even specifically your marriage. There's somebody that's been struggling in their marriage because there's a there's a post-traumatic stress thing that has taken place that has robbed you of your identity and who you used to be and there's a neuropathy that's come to all places that you used to feel and i see the lord restoring it it's like he's taking his thumb and he's like putting as you're gonna feel the hot hand of the lord on your forehead he's marking you he's marking you he's marking you in this hour i bless you in jesus name wow yeah show just sit in that mm-hmm. it's good it's so good man fire I just don't even want to move on <laughs> man thank you thank you so much for being on this is absolutely this has been great um how privilege yeah i mean thank you for your friendship and for being on the podcast yeah. 
Um, if, if people want to want to get connected with you, keep up with you, what's the best way to do that? Instagram, baby. Beardzilla, at Beardzilla. Um, that's everything that I do is going to be through there right now. And that's just the way that I'm keeping it. And uh, any place that I may be ministering and or traveling to would be there. Any type of uh, content, teaching, training, equipping uh, can be found through that uh, avenue. So that's a good spot. Yeah. Awesome. Vince, you got anything before we close? You good over there? Yeah, man. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Justin, it's great well, meeting you, man. Come on, same man. This is this is so good. Yeah. Well, this has been the Fire Podcast. <laughs>